0: I just want to encourage you to continue to have grace, because this is true. What we've learned in this season is that church is not about what happens on stage, right? That church is about the kingdom of God expressed in a community of people. Um, and you know what, we can do that wherever we go. We can do that wh- whoever we are with, and uh, whether you're joining us online or whether you're joining us in person, you are a vital part of the church of Jesus. And so we are so thankful for that and so thankful uh, that we would would be less without you. So thank you for being here. We did something this week that we rarely do. We've done it a few times, but we decided on Tuesday afternoon to totally scrap what we were going to do this Sunday. Now, if you showed up expecting and hoping for part two of Thomas's four-week sermon series. That's going to be next week, and we'll still do it, but uh, we, we press pause on that because we want to have a conversation, and that's why these three folks are up here with me. Um, here's what we want to have a conversation about. Two weeks ago, when George Floyd was murdered, it was heartbreaking. And it was heartbreaking first and foremost because a son a husband, uh, a human made in the image of God, was killed. And that is, first and foremost, why it breaks our hearts. But it also surfaced some wounds and some pain and some cracks in our society, some brokenness that has been here for way, way too many years in our nation. And I think it's worth noting, of course, I'm sure you all realize this, it had all happened with the backdrop of this worldwide pandemic that has been oh so much fun for all of us. I think what we've witnessed these last two weeks is just an unprecedented display of our collective pain over the sin and the brokenness that we all live with day in, day out. And whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you have friends and family and law enforcement, whether you just care about this community and care about this country, I bet that you have formed some opinions about all of this. Um, I, I know this is true. I'm sure you've heard the many, many polarized voices within our culture, uh, the many voices that demand that we pick a side The many voices that demand that we label a villain and that we try to be the hero by stating to the world what we think about all of this. There's one thing I really long for us in seasons like this, church, is that we would recognize this. Those voices that seek to polarize us are not speaking for God. Those voices that seek to separate us are not speaking for God. God's voice is always a voice of unity and we can fight for love, we can fight for justice, we can fight for the kingdom of God and still love our opponent who is our neighbor. That's what God leads us to. And the truth is this, the voice of Jesus is maddeningly consistent on issues like this. He says this in Matthew 5, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. And not to get too technical here, but I think what that means is we are to love, right? We are to love literally everybody. We are to love black people, we are to love white people, we are to love protesters, we are to love police, we are to love rioters, we are to love racists. We are even to love the men who murdered George Floyd. That's the voice of Jesus to us. And it's maddening in its consistency. Our culture, I think, would say, well, you can't. You can't do that. Our culture would say, you have to pick a side. You have to name a villain because choosing the side of love is impossible. And I'm sure you've heard this. I've heard this a lot. Our culture would say, to love our enemies is to betray our friends. But I think we know something that our culture does not know. And it's this, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And without betraying himself, he carried our sin in love. And he turned us, his enemies, into his children. And he did that long before our hearts even changed. And because God loves us that way, we can be filled with the same kind of love. We can love those on the other side as well as those on our side. And that's why this is what I want to say to us as Pulpit Rock, whenever there's an issue like this and our culture demands that we choose a side, instead we're going to choose a table. And we're going to sit at that table with any and everyone who will sit with us. We're gonna sit at that table with people who will disagree with us. We're gonna sit at that table with people who are doing things that are wrong. We're gonna sit at that table with people who are full of pain and anger, and we're gonna listen, and we're gonna love, and we're gonna mourn, and we're gonna rejoice, and we're gonna share, because that is what our Savior did for us, and how could we do anything less, just like him? We're gonna refuse to make villains out of anybody. We're going to refuse to make villains out of broken people who bear the image of God. And instead, we are going to seek to make them family. So, today, it seemed appropriate we take some time at the table. And the goal today is, of course, not to solve anything or everything. Um, we're just going to listen to each other, and we're going to choose together a table instead of a side. And I know that that, that may seem inadequate, but this is how societal change starts at a table. Um, So, I'm not going to do all the talking today. In fact, I'm I'm, like, that's all I had prepared. So, I'm going to have these folks talk. These are three Jesus followers who I respect tremendously. And what I want to do today is just ask each of them this question. What is your experience and what is God saying to you in this? And then we're going to practice what Thomas taught us last week. This whole idea of we're listening to somebody else while we're at the same time listening to the Holy Spirit for what he might be saying to us. And so that's what we want to do today. Let me introduce these people. You all know Kevin there on the end. Kevin is uh, one of our worship leaders. You can clap for him, yeah. But now you have to clap for everybody. So those are the rules. So I, y'all obviously know how talented Kevin is as a worship leader. And uh, what you may not know, though, is he's a former police officer. He's a police officer up in the Denver area. Um, and I knew he was an amazing worship leader when I sat down with him and said, hey, would you come help us? We need your help. Um, but what I did not know was this, is his passion for Jesus is the best thing about him. And his, he has this knack and this ability to lead anyone. Uh, and I love that about him. Um, and you all know Susie Bates. Um, she's been leading here at this church for almost seven years, and there's a lot of things that Susie's gifted at. One of the things that I'm most consistently thankful for is just the depth of wisdom that she has and this ability to search out the heart of God on any issue uh, and, and to speak that into us, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, this guy you may not know, but I'm sure you've seen him around. This is Bill Walsh. Bill um, Walsh. Bill is frequently the officer that we have on site when we are normally worshiping on Sunday. Um, He's a CSPD officer, um, and uh, during the school year, he's a school resource officer for Cheyenne Mountain High School. Um, What you may not know about Bill is he has been in my small group for many years, so I have to be nice to Bill because he knows a lot of dirt about me. (laughs) Um, But... uh, In the years, I've come to respect this man's character so much and his positivity, and he is so much fun to be around, but he also has just a depth of character that I admire so much. So, thank you for being here, each of you. Um, I've been watching all this stuff these last couple weeks. I've had so many thoughts about it, but I've consistently had this thought. What is most helpful for me is to engage with other people who love Jesus and just hear what are you thinking about? And, and to thoughtfully engage with what's happening. So that's what we want to do today. Kevin, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to ask each of you the same question, and uh, uh, they're just going to kind of share uh, some form of answer. We might do some dialogue. We'll see how it goes. Um, but here's my question for each of you. As you engage with this issue, um, with what's happening, what's been your experience? What's God saying to you in this?
1: Um, thank you, first. Um, my experience has been, uh, it's been challenging because um, there is a level of fear, concern, worry, pain and hurt that comes. And even my, my friends and family and, and, and close friends, they felt the same thing. But I know what to do with all of that. I, I know what to do with that pain and that hurt and, Uh, The frustration of just knowing, man, what what is my next interaction going to be like um, with anyone? How do I address it with people who have a different point of view than I do? Um, How do I share my personal feelings without offending someone and sometimes even being offended? Um, But I recognize that this, what we're doing now, has, has been what God has really been speaking to me about have the conversation and know that it's okay to talk about a touching subject. Know that it's okay to, to, to walk away still disagreeing, but saying, I still love you. Um, and recognizing that, um, this one time conversation, no politician, uh, no law, no bill that's ever passed will change the heart of anyone because it's a heart issue. It's not a black and white issue. It's, it's a heart issue. And we, we, we've, I've looked at other people and decisions that could be made to change sometimes the heart. When in, in truth, I just need to look to the cross. Because when we look to the cross, that blood that runs down the cross touches each and every one of us. That's when we hear the song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can cleanse our heart? Only Christ can. So that, that's where the issue is. And that's, that's been my experience of just saying, God, I know what you want from me. You want to show me that you love me. You want to show me that you care for me, even in the midst of all of this, even in the midst of all the chaos, he's just been saying, I I love you. I love you, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that's so much more than I could ever ask for to know that God loves me. He loves each and every one of us. So
0: I can ask a follow-up question. I, um, and forgive me if this isn't a good question, but I, will you speak more to the fear that that's been something within this that um, has been grief for me? Is just to recognize, uh, and even when we were talking at lunch this week uh, that that there I, I don't have a lot of fear uh, about certain things that that maybe others really might have some fear about, and. Uh, and, and that's a that's a real challenge for me. I want to move towards that, and I you know I want to grieve that. But would you be willing to talk more about that?
1: Yeah. So when it comes when it comes to fear, this is I had to kind of break it down with somebody. I have a I have a friend. His name is um his name is Caleb. Great guy. And when when if we're ever hanging out at nighttime, and we just go our separate ways, the fear is that I know that I'm more likely to get into trouble. Because of the color of my skin, no matter what we've did prior to, but just just that alone, that's that's where the fear starts. When um, just getting pulled over, my wife and I got pulled over a while back, and uh, you know, I, I do what I'm supposed to do. Hey, put my hands on the steering wheel, wait, and license registration, and because I was a former police officer, I still carry a firearm, uh, and it was in the vehicle, and that's the first thing that the uh, the officer. Hey, how you doing? You know why I pulled you over? I was speeding, um, and I was, I, I was, I was speeding. So I said that, and um, she, hey, license registration, and do you have a weapon in the car? And yes, you know, um, and 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 I get it. You know, I I, I get, I get the fear um, as as a black man that I feel, but I also get the fear as an officer. As an officer, no one wants to have their freedom taken from them. No one wants to be in cuffs, and and it it is a natural response when someone tries tries to do that that you would you wouldn't surrender immediately. It's, it, you know, it's it's a, it's an instinct. No, I'm going to run. Um. But it shouldn't. I shouldn't have a fear that I would get harmed or even killed. Worse because of the color of my skin. That's that's where it, it kind of just hits the most. Like, I, sh- I shouldn't be afraid of that. I shouldn't be afraid. And every, everyone's not the same. Um, and, I, and I can only go back to this. I, I pray, and, and I pray, and I live, a, I live my life according to what my parents told me. You know, I, I live my life like that. I told you what to do. You know how to act. And it kind of helps that, that fear in a way. Um, we read in Genesis that we were all created in the image and likeness of God. So when you look at me and I look at you, I'm seeing an image of God. You are like, that, that, that's something that I resonate with so often because that should, that should be something about my behavior because I, I'm, I'm in the likeness and image of God. There should be something about you that we see. And that's what I try to up to, to the walk in, try to walk in that in the image of God as much as I can. And it's, it's a shame and it's painful to know that if the scripture says that, but there are people who don't agree completely, that they don't agree. God didn't say, let's make a man in my image and likeness. He said, let's make man. He didn't pick a color. He just said, let's make man. And that, that, that just that, that's, that's scary. That's scary to know that even as a believer, um, it is scary to know that some people that that's that they don't they don't feel that they don't feel right. that me has my life has value you know my life has value so that that is that is scary yeah. um,
0: you know i think i think like a lot of us there's someone who's never lived with that uh, it, like it's just it, it's hard to even know what how to respond um, to that reality that, that I think uh, we are newly awakening to I, I, I do want to say this I think it it honors the image of God in us just that you would even share that stuff with us um, you know so thank you for for being willing um, yeah I'm sorry we grieve that with you um I want to ask my friend Bill um, here, who has uh, been a CSPD officer for how many years? 20. 20 years, okay. Um, He's been a school resource officer for most of that time, right? 15 of that time. This week has has had the experience of being downtown a lot um, during the protests and the riots and that sort of stuff. And um, I want to ask you the same question. Just what has your experience been, and what is God saying to you in this?
2: Yeah, I I appreciate the opportunity to come and and visit and talk. I think it's um, challenging when you haven't been in a role, whether it's based off of skin color, whether it's based off of an employment opportunity, to truly understand some of the dynamics that go on with being in that position. And I know I texted you um, one night, really challenging night, um, when you get faced with it um, for the first time. So, as I tried to process through this, uh, I felt it easier to write it out. Yeah. Um, and so, forgive me uh, as I try to do this. Hey, I write it out every week. <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> I, just, uh, yeah. I need it. Because otherwise, my wife told me I'd ramble. So uh, <laughs> I've been known to do that. So my apologies, but. You know, as, as, I, as I looked at it, it did help to um, put this down, but in a sense, if you'll just kind of listen maybe and hopefully um, take away from it, but this past week was really challenging. Unexpectedly, a lot of hours away from family, um, physical and emotional exhaustion, uh, weariness, frustration, pain and discouragement. In this role, um, 20 years, Those are the emotions that you'll go through. You can't escape them from all different kinds of calls. Um, But they don't happen all at once and all together like that, where usually you have an opportunity to um, process it and kind of deal with it. Um, Having to stand by fellow officers, having insults, debris, fireworks thrown at us, wearing protective gear I've never had to wear before. God willing, with the gas mess, I never have to again. That's the most uncomfortable thing in the world, especially when you can't see without your glasses. Um, having family and friends um, pray for me, and, and hopefully for all involved. Um, but try to, try to envision, or as I paint this picture for us, as I, as I was down there and um, kind of what I went through. You have two groups of people separated by physical barriers. (coughs) One side, wearing cloth masks, some have weapons, angry and disappointed with those assigned to protect and serve. The other side, wearing all the protective gear, faces covered by masks and helmets, prepared to protect, the city and citizens should it become necessary. Daytime will fade away, darkness comes, angry voices will yell out, variety of statements, objects become hurled, we respond as officers to protect and keep the peace, and people are arrested. I sit back and think to myself first, was I able to hear the pain and frustration from those protesters? Could they understand the position we were in, why we had the equipment and gear? Could they know we probably had the same pain and frustration and anger that they had? Safe to say, I I think it's pretty difficult to understand someone's position in order to affect positive change with so many barriers being placed in front of us and separating us. I think solutions and change are very possible but I find it very difficult to imagine that success without removing those barriers and sitting down at a table to see each other as humans all made in the image of God change starts from within we must each learn to empathize, sympathize for each other what my biggest concern is, we as a people are going to look for other things to s- provide those solutions. We're going to look out for some other organization, some other entity to sol- provide a solution. But many are probably not going to consider the ability of God to provide the power and strength to do the change within ourselves. I'm sometimes, I'm sure I have felt, and many of us have all felt the same thing, that God will solve the problem when we pray but I begin to think more and more that maybe God is empowering us to make the change ourselves being a school resource officer the past 15 years one of the more proactive jobs that I think are out there in order to provide and affect that change I've been able to build lasting relationships with students with staff all because I think I take the time to listen I'm probably not perfect at it. I've probably had to hurt people in regard to doing the job that I'm enforced to do. But I hope that I've shown them compassion and empathy when the difficult times were there. I believe the relationships that I have fostered are due to seeing the person despite the issue. Um, I think as I kind of summarize it, I think it's important that we all take a look inward first. Um, because in order to go forward for the daunting task ahead of change we have to see each other as God sees us and we can't see us to me in any other way so I appreciate the time to share it's um, it's just something that I think for the first time in my career when you're face to face with it it's much different than when you see it on TV when you see it in the news Um, and uh, for us, we we hold our strength within. I can't imagine not having the ability to have a community like this around as well to provide support. So um, I appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to be here and to share some of the perspectives, certainly, that I think I've had um, in the last week or so.
0: Bill, I I appreciate you. And I've uh, you know, obviously been praying for you and your brothers and sisters all week. Um, but... I, I love that observation. It's very hard to make progress when there's so many barriers between one another. Um, and I think that's the, uh, you know, we understand opinions are, are less important than progress at this point. Um, and, and the question is, what is the tangible act of love that we can do to make progress? And I think you've named it well, uh, removing those barriers and seeing a face sitting at a table and beginning dialogue. Um, I'm challenged by that. Susie, let me ask you this same question. I know you've participated with this all week. There's people in your family who are very passionate about the subject. Um, what's been your experience? What, do you, what is God saying to you
3: in this? Um, I believe Jesus is always in the margins. Um, The margins were his center. Uh, It's very important to me, it always has been my whole life, even before I found Pulpit Rock, to um, see the margins, to go there. Uh, It's obviously very important to this church um, to go and see and sit. Um, Whether that's with our Ethiopian sister church. Um, They're marginalized, they're poor. Uh, The slums in Haiti, um, the people there are marginalized because of poverty. We go and we see and we sit with them. Or the brothels in Thailand, where the marginalized are trafficked. Um, Or the kids in the Middle East who are caught up in the crisis there, who are refugees. To sit with those marginalized, uh, to go and see it go beyond the TV, seeing it on the news, Uh, it's not enough. And so it was very important to me to spend some time uh, downtown this last week um, to sit and be with the marginalized that are there, wanting to be heard and seen. Um, the tough thing about the margins is there's a lot of pain in the margins. And um, we've talked a lot, especially in this last year here at Pulpit Rock, how um, Just being aware of our pain is really important. Uh, Most recently, I spoke about about Jesus and Peter and how Jesus led Peter right back to a charcoal fire, which is a really painful place for Peter. He denied Christ there. Um, There's a lot of pain at a charcoal fire for him. And, And Jesus said, that's where we need to go. Let's go there. I'll go with you. And Jesus was always doing that with people. Just go right to the heart right to the pain, because it's important to be aware of our pain, how it can suddenly jump in the driver's seat and be in control of everything we do, of every response we have. Um, I think pain can be really beautiful and, and, and help to kind of break us down a little bit where um, we can listen. But also, pain can, can make us just rise up and, and not be able to hear a thing. That anyone's trying to say to us or that God is trying to say to us. So just awareness of pain is what I have been meditating on this week. And there's a lot of pain. Um, I think that our pain is why this crazy thing happens that we have seen happen over and over in the last few weeks. That two people can be looking at the exact same thing and we can see it completely differently. And, and I believe that our pain is a part of that, a big part of that. And it's important to, to call that out. Um, and so many of the conversations that I've had this week that have been really hard and filled with tears, uh, the conversations with people and the conversations I've had with God, um, I have been reminded... Oddly, of marriage counseling sessions that I have been in with my husband. He gave me permission to share this today. Um, but it, it reminds me of marriage counseling. Full disclosure, my husband and I have been married 19 years. We just celebrated that on April 28th. Uh, everything was still shut down. There was nowhere to go and have a nice anniversary date. And so we booked a, a session with our marriage counselor. And we were like, you know what, we deserve this. And I kind of mean that genuinely, we deserve this. And also a little sarcastically. It's like, we deserve this. We have (laughs) not loved each other well in quarantine. Um, But uh, we've seen the same therapist for almost 10 years. Uh, And she does the same thing every time. I don't know why. We still have to go back to her to have her remind us to do this. Uh, We talk through whatever's going on. And... um, She has us look at each other, take turns looking at each other. She'll say, Susie, you need to look at Matt. You need to respond to the things that he just talked about, the pain that he's feeling. Um, You need to take ownership for the ways you've contributed to that and apologize and ask for forgiveness. And she'll do the same with him. Um, And there are times that that, that's really beautiful and and she says the thing. I know she's going to say it. And I'm like, thank you. That's just where we needed to get. And I'm ready. And I turn to Matt and I can apologize, and I can say, please forgive me. Um, But there are also times, sitting there with our therapist, that that is really hard. And I'll take a deep breath and say, you can do this, Susie, and and turn, and and I'll say it to him, and I feel better afterwards. Uh, There are also times that I physically cannot turn to him and say, I'm sorry. It's just too hard. It's too much. And it's too much, I have realized, because I am sitting in my pain. It's my pain, and, and my pain is so great. And I, I can't even see his because mine is so big. It's all I can see. There's no way I can do this. Um, pain can drive, can drive us. I know that I have become aware of this thing that's going on in me, and I think it could be a lot of what's going on in these last few weeks. We are so afraid that if we validate someone else's pain, that ours will be dismissed. Wow. It's an either or. Whose pain matters, yours or mine? Wow. If I say yours matters, then mine doesn't. Hmm. And that is a lie. It's a lie. Amen. Um, it's fear fear is what's driving that Um, and it's the kingdom of darkness that has not come from the kingdom of God Um, it's hard to do here's the hard truth believers if we want to follow Jesus this is what he says this is what he said to his first followers if you want to come after me you have to deny yourself and follow me And it doesn't mean that we're forgotten, Um, but it does mean that that first step is, I'm going to set this aside, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to focus on you, and I'm going to let this be about you and your pain. And I'll get my chance, I will, Um, but I have to trust that it's okay to do that for someone else. And I experience that, I experienced that in, in a marriage, in a relationship that I know my husband is committed to me, and I'm committed to him, and we love each other. How much more complex is that when it's strangers in the midst of a riot downtown? Wow, that's hard. That's hard to do. Uh, we have to deny ourselves. Jesus denied himself, and he walked straight to the cross. And he broke the power of that for us, if we will just tap into it. Uh, and that's where I've seen the kingdom of God. Amidst all of this, just what feels like a dumpster fire, uh, I have seen the kingdom of God when I have seen people practice that. I'll go first. I'm going to get down on my knee, and I'm going to say, I am sorry. Would you forgive me? Uh, Man, that, that loosens the power that all this fear has on all of us when someone does that. I've seen that in person this week, and uh, it brought a whole room to tears. I've seen that on the news over and over, uh, amidst a lot of other things that are are not as lovely to see. But um, I think there's something there. I think that's where we have to start. Um, If we feel like we're ready to wrap up here and move into the next thing, I'll lead us into that. Yeah. Okay. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And I want to invite us to just pause and reflect together. Um, Give the Spirit some room to speak. This is how we practice table. We listen to each other. And like Jonathan said, we listen to the Holy Spirit. And um, I believe there are things the Spirit wants to say collectively to us. And I believe there are deeply personal things the Spirit wants to say to each of us. Um, So I would love to give some time for the spirit to work um it's funny how often i see something so very clearly in someone else's life and i want to talk to god about that um god this thing that this person has got going on like you need to help them or they need to do this and and i want to make it about them and the things i see around me and and anytime i do that god responds to me with hey um Susie, let's talk about your heart. Let's talk about what's going on with you. Um, And so I want to invite us to practice that this morning, to let God speak to us about us. Um, Kind of move the focus from all of this out here and just bring it in here. There's a beautiful verse that I would love for us to read together as we open up a, a moment of silence. I believe that'll be on the screens for us. Would you all just uh, open your hearts up and and read this scripture out loud with me if you would. Search Search me me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Could we just sit with that for a moment of silence and meditation? We want to move into a time of corporate prayer and confession. I invite you all to join me in this. I'm going to read a portion where it says leader out loud. I invite you to read along in your mind and heart. And then all together we'll say. Lord hear our prayer as a church. Would you join me in this. Gracious God you have made us in your own image and it is by your grace we are saved look with compassion on all of us forgive our arrogance and hatred that infects our hearts break down the walls that separate us and unite us in love Lord hear our prayer out of darkness and despair we cry out to you O God Enable us to have the faith to trust your care, even in the midst of pain and misunderstandings. Assure us that we do not walk alone and that your truths can lead us into new revelations and understandings that will lead us to life. Lord, hear our prayer. Where hearts are fearful and constricted, give us courage and hope, O God. Where anxiety, anger, bitterness, and panic is infectious and widening, grant us peace and reassurance. Where distrust twists our thinking, grant healing and illumination. In the places that our human spirits are discouraged and weakened, Grant your sustaining strength and guidance. Lord, hear our prayer. Father, call us into a deeper relationship with you and with each other. Give us courage to choose your table. Help us to see with new eyes the injustices within our community and our world. Call us to have loving hearts that respects and uplifts humanity and the dignity of every person. Open our ears to listen and learn from the experiences of all people who sit at this table. Open our mouths to not only speak up about injustice, but give us tangible actions to make a difference. Remind us to return to the table and continue the hard work of listening and learning from each other. Create in each of us the space space both needed and required to be a part of each other's stories. Lord, hear our prayer. And now let us together embrace that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. the greatest of these is love.